Cam, Dylan, let me guess. Large soda, large popcorn? Yeah, you know it. Would you like butter on that? Yeah, extra butter. Extra Butter Podcast. I gotta check that one out. Yeah, it's Amazon original. Again, more shit that they make and you never know it's there, you know? You never know, bro. <laughs> but that's what the, you know, it's it's interesting where the state of film is now. I feel like it's, um, growing up, films were a lot more advertised to you. Like, this is the, the new Bex movie, mm-hmm. whatever, where it now, uh, you know, you tell me about this movie, me telling you about the, you know, crime documentary like yeah these things are more word of mouth now it's more just like have you seen this yes we still get the amazing marvel wonders of the world and uh the movie we're going to talk about today which is iron claw which is you know obviously in advertisements but you do get those gems a lot more where it's like it spreads like wildfire and it's on this like obscure like it's only on Peacock, and you're like, ah, damn. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, you know I mean, like, it's like the like one some... service that you don't have. Yeah, I just remember there was some horror movie that came out a year ago, two years ago, and they were like exclusively on Shutter, and I was like, yep. God damn, I gotta what? get a subscription. I gotta get Shutter. Like, Yo, right? can a brother get Tubi or what? Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> it's like, yes, get Tubi, Tubi, man. Let's go, baby. Free now TV. on Freebie, free with ads. Yep, jeez, bro. Yeah, that's why I think it's funny when they were trying to like do a dissect and figure out what you know what made barbie and oppenheimer so big and i was like you're never gonna make that in marketing class or the studio was never gonna make that it's like people themselves the general public made something for them it buzzed off and then those films popped not saying they wouldn't do successful otherwise but bro have you ever seen a rated r three hour historical fucking (laughs) buy up (laughs) make that much money absolutely that insanely popular yeah any marketing person that tells a film studio or a whatever studio that like yeah we can make this happen for you is lying that that can only happen (laughs) with people that's like uh when people say like uh uh like music artists when they like uh their fans name themselves you can't name your fans like they be they name themselves only fans can do that kind of like you know, the, cultivating the Swifties, of, yeah, the Swifties, whatever. Cultivating uh, of cults, yeah, exactly. Like that, that becomes <laughs> Barbenheimer is a once yeah. in a lifetime thing. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was insane. It was amazing to be a movie fan during that time. I will say that it was really cool to watch. Because yeah, it's just like one dude out in Oklahoma in his basement that was like, you know what would be funny yeah, to do a double feature, and then Reddit went boom. <laughs> Boom. And then next thing you know, we got half black, half pink suits showing yeah. up to a theater. It's, it was awesome, dude. It was so cool to see. All the artwork, um, man. But anyway, guys, we back. We back. Happy we New back. Year. Happy New Year. Oh, jeez. I know. First episode of the New Year, dude. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Extra Buddy, your podcast for great conversation and great movies. This is Cam. This is Dylan. We're just talking about the current state of film, talking about right. Barbenheimer, you know, all that fun stuff. That uh, we did talk about Oppenheimer. That we did have an episode on that one. We were so excited when that movie came out. Jazz, dude. Jazzed. Dude, that movie was so great. <laughs> it was so good. 
Oh, man. <laughs> Freaking t- through the roof when that came out, dude. It was really, we were, yeah, like, uh, I don't know if you guys, if you guys listened to the podcast, you knew that we were this close to making a, what, two and Gosh. a half hour drive? Yeah, it was a lot. It, it, it would have been a long drive. <laughs> it would have been a long drive for us to see a film we already saw. Um, but yeah, it was, we were close. If it would have, it was a really good movie, but if it was like breathtakingly good, I think we would have done it. Like it would have been like, this is top two all time. Then I, I think we would have made the trip. I don't know if I'd put it that high. I just, one I of just, my favorite Nolan films, yeah. but I don't know if I put it that high on my list. You know? If I was younger, I would have, cause younger me is like, yeah, I'll see this film for a sixth yeah. time this week or yeah. yeah, I'll buy this piece of you know movie memorabilia i don't have bills <laughs> yeah that one i'd be like bro gas up the car put 20 bucks in see how far we get let's roll baby 7-eleven pizza the, on the way that is 7-eleven pizza and that was the version of dylan that didn't have ac so it was just like didn't matter yeah bro yeah my first car roll the windows down exactly my first car was a roll down window and i honestly kind of miss it I don't great, know. Great for, great forearms. You know what I mean? The bad thing about me is my my everything worked. <laughs> it was just cheap. Like the what? AC was fine. The AC worked fine. I was you just, just didn't use it? Yeah. Bro. <laughs> was cheap. That's on you, dude. What? Steven was mad. He was in the car, like, yo, where's this AC at? And I was like, Steven, we ain't got AC money. Wow. You better roll dude. your window down, bro. Wow. To this yes. day, to this day, I think he's upset. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, you guys have a podcast coming out soon. Be on the lookout for that, guys. If you guys are into anything anime, um, Steven, who's been on the podcast multiple times, uh, both Power Ranger episodes. That's it, right? Mighty Morphin and Once and Always, he was on. He featured on. I believe so, yeah. Um, But Steven, great tattoo artist here in Orlando, Florida, is one of the biggest anime fans I know. Obviously, if you listen to the podcast, you know Dylan is a huge anime fan, and they are starting their own podcast. That's exclusively anime, and I'm so excited to hear what they got going yes. on. We do not have a name for it yet, but we're in the works. They in the lab. In the called, lab. We're in the lab with Dr. Dre, Beats, Timbaland, and uh, whatever other guy makes Sheesh. beats. Sheesh. <laughs> Metro Boomin. Metro Boomin, bro. We'll be playing mm. Metro Boomin at the funeral. Bro, do it, dude. Yeah. Oh, um, the film we are talking about today is a film that I saw at the end of 2023. Um, that I walked out of the theater and immediately hit up Dylan and was like, I think Zach Afron should win an Oscar for this performance. Yo, verbatim, man. Verbatim. That's the and text. It, That's the text. And uh, it is the Iron Claw. Um, there's so much about this movie that I feel I'm a sucker for like a really good, like dramatic piece of, of, of film, especially uh, when it's nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I think like, we we watch these movies like uh what's uh what's her name nicole kidman we watch movies to escape whatever she oh says in that AMC, you know what I mean? we watch <laughs> movies to hurt. escape real life and i think uh we all we always look for that good ending because a lot of us you know wish we had good endings in our own day-to-days um mm. and this movie was so the opposite of that in a way in the sense of like a lot of bad things happen in this movie that actually happen and if and, and and it's even worse in real life. Like, there's more there's more devastation that happens to this family that I think the director was like, I can't put it all in because no one's gonna make it through this. 
If I yeah. throw everything that happened to this poor family in here, there's no shot. So I have. Or do you to... even uh, you even start to think that like it didn't happen, like that they're dramatizing, right? right. A little yeah, bit of exactly. What happened. Yeah, right. It becomes almost like yeah, it's, it's hyperbole at a certain point. There's no way this is possible. Um, yeah, uh, the Iron Claw to me was a fantastic film, Dylan. Uh, I, I wasn't with you when you saw it in the theater. What were your initial thoughts? Did you know anything about the Von Eric family? No, like not that? at all. I knew that it was on a true story, but I've been really trying hard lately to like not look at things before I go in. Like, I don't really want trailers beyond like a teaser. I don't want to look at pictures. I don't want to look at leaked toys from sure. Taiwan. Like, I really just <laughs> yeah. want to go in and check it out because I miss that. It wasn't even that long ago when I was doing that, when I would just go and be like, oh, yeah, this film was lit and not know anything. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that I knew it was a true story and I'm seeing I'm seeing heavy hitters, dude. I'm seeing Zac Efron. I'm seeing my favorite actor right now, Jeremy Allen White. You know, I'm Woo! like, oh, bro, I'm in. I'm in there like swimwear. For sure. For but sure. The, the one of the most interesting parts is I saw it with my dad and he just every like 20 minutes, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, he actually knew about the Von Eric family, the wrestling. They were the, huge in the 80s, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, all that kind of, like, startup wrestling and, um, you know, like, non-WW, well, WWF at the time. Yeah. And, like, I think a good chunk of the story for the most part. But I feel that even knowing, you know, it in some capacity, like, it's still very potent. And then not knowing it, yeah, it absolutely rips hard out, stomps on it on the ground. Absolutely, yeah. I think this Devastating. is a, This is one of those movies that, like, if you go into it blind, you leave, like Dylan said, with your heart ripped out of your chest, in terms of what happens to this poor family. Um, for a, a a quick like synopsis, again, this movie follows the Von Erickson family. They were a wrestling family out of Texas in the early '80s. This is like the beginning of wrestling i'm talking pre hulk hogan pre randy man macho like if you're if you if if you're only knowing of wrestling is the rock this this yeah, predates him by predates decades you know what i mean like because uh, they do they do feature rick flair in here the beginnings of rick yeah flair beginnings too. of like rick flair so you're gonna get pre hulk hogan andre the giant's name is down in here yep and yeah, you really got to know about your grandfather's wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and growing up, uh, <clears throat> my grandfather was a huge wrestling fan. Um, he, I mean, he was into old fighting movies, like Bruce Lee movies, like all that kind of stuff he was super into. So I knew about the Von Eriksons on like old VHS tapes. Like I'm oh, talking, gosh. Yeah, yeah, like he would collect those. And I remember watching um the von erickson's versus the oh man what was that oh my the, gosh we gotta find one uh, of those i would love to own that tape yeah like, oh yeah yeah, yeah. i've I'm looked at them on wrestling. ebay they're yeah they're they're available they had bro what's your I cart remember, what's your cart bro yeah <laughs> you got, uh, that's bro, his stock my, my Yo, cart this is man, always for those that, who listen to um the jingle all the way podcast and we <laughs> talked about owning a cool toy and we talked about owning the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man web blasters with the little confetti. <laughs> this man literally bought it like two days later. He got that thing shipped. Cam's got yep. the box. It is mint. All right, it's the web blaster, my boy. I'm not the web. Probably ain't gonna web no more. But <laughs> you come around his house in the middle of the night, you're gonna get got. Dude. You might get got by a 2000 special, my boy. Yeah, 2000, and he's looking for the Hulk can. So if you yep. fuck around, you gonna get. You gonna get. I might find him. I might find them. I need to find them under a hundred. If I can find them under a hundred, I'm a, I'm a, 
I'm a bite on it. But anyway, um, that's a the the I remember right now the uh, the the Von Erichs used to fight the Freebirds. That was like their biggest mm. nemesis. Um, yeah, like anyway, a tag team style, right? Exactly. Yeah, they were like um, it was Kevin, awesome, uh, who Zach Efron plays. Mm-hmm. Um, David Von Erich, who is played by he's amazing. I'm, in this not, film. I'm not sure his name. Harris Dickinson. Harris Harris yeah. Dickinson. And then we have Carrie Von Erich, who is played by uh, Jeremy Allen. Um, Carrie is the watching. I remember watching it as a kid on those tapes. Carrie um, had the most charisma. Um, mm. Carrie was like the. I don't know what to call it. Like he was, he was the most, uh, for lack of a better term, attractive one. Like he was the one that probably most of the girls liked, um, and ironically is the one that ended up going to the the, the big time with Vince McMahon. Yeah, the actual WWE. Yeah, he actually yeah. made it. Um, but yeah, it follows the the story of those three, um, along with their little brother Mike. They leave out. Uh, later in life, they have another little brother named Chris, who they leave out. Really? Um, yeah, I'll, we'll get more into it, but they left out a brother. And then uh, their dad, Fritz von Erich, and then their mom. Mm. And it's pretty much the story of just their rise through wrestling. They started, uh, Fritz started in, like, the early National Wrestling Alliance. Like, the, 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 I think that's what it was called. He was in the beginning of wrestling, like, when it first started. He had a, um... <laughs> He started off, he's from Texas, but he started off with this, like, uh, Nazi persona. Because we oh, all know gosh. in wrestling, they're playing personas. The Rock played yeah. a persona. Like, it's you're a villain, you're a hero. You're always pitted as something. And he wanted to be, to stand out. So uh, Fritz went as a uh, Nazi, and he had this finishing move called the Iron Claw, where he would... Put his hand on someone's face and squeeze it really tight. Squeeze the shit, and they would be incapable of moving. Um, and he started off as that character. It, it did really well because back in those times, you know, obviously Nazis are historically hated. Um, yeah. so it did really played really really well. And then eventually, um, he made a lot of money doing that, and he decided that he was going to drop that persona, obviously, because people hated him. Um, and he was a family man at that point. He had three sons. Um, uh, tragically. One of them passes away when he's a little boy, which they talk about in the film. Uh, they're the first son. I forget the first son's name. Jack. Jack is the first one that passes. And then he ends up having his sons after that, the three sons, Kevin, uh, David, and Carrie, uh, which end up carrying the legacy. And that's the three characters who really follow throughout the story with Zach playing Kevin, who is the only living member of the Von Erickson family, um, who we kind of see the movie through. You see the movie through his lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to start off with Zach because we've come a long way from breaking bro, free, my boy. So flying, <laughs> boy. He what a fucking performance by Zach Efron, dude. You know what's crazy? Out of all the films that I've ever seen in my life, I can still vividly remember watching the fucking high school musical for the first time. <laughs> you know how it opens up and they're like at the fucking ski lodge and yeah. shit. Yeah. And they do the duet. I yeah. can still remember like Living the night, my, own world. my room, being at home, Disney Channel original movie, fucking jumping jacks, jumping Bro. through the film, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea why I can remember that scene so well. But talk about like, I feel like there was like two or three times that Zach was in danger of just getting stuck right in right in a rut or something. First thing is Disney and and all that, but he's able to work his way out. And the second thing is just like 
being in film just to be pretty that boy. buff, that pretty boy buff yeah. dude that just makes jokes. Like that's why I I hate that Baywatch movie so much with like a burning passion <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I look at it and I'm just like I wouldn't even have taken that movie because I feel like that's mm-hmm. all like that role is. So I'm so happy to see like that the last two things I saw from him were um like smaller things this and the apple film he did called i don't know if you ever saw that called the greatest beer run i have not seen that no another like true story thing where he doesn't go to war with his buddies uh to the vietnam war and he literally goes over there just to bring them all like a beer like a literal Hmm. can of beer it was actually pretty cool and i was impressed by like how he acted in it so i was just like yo kill him kill him yeah For sure, yeah, absolutely. I, I Zach, um, I, I'm with Dylan. The High School Musical franchise, though, by after the second one, I feel like I kind of aged out of it a little bit. Um, yeah. High School Musical was a huge part of both of our childhoods. It's a massive franchise. Zach being able to transition from that, and like Dylan said, be in that pretty boy era. Like he did 17 again with the late and great Matthew Perry. And like all these uh, other like he's still playing neighbors movies, neighbors movies. Yeah, he's playing like a pretty boy, but still like I think he was in a movie with Robert De Niro. I'm pretty sure wasn't oh, he in like a movie? A... Oh my gosh, I can't remember. I'm I'm just remembering his like Ted Bundy thing that he did. Yeah, and that's where I was. Like... That's what I was leading to yeah. is that um, Zach has done a lot of performances where, like Dylan said, he plays like the pretty boy that's muscular and has some good jokes. He then transitions to do a Ted Bundy film. Yeah. Um, and does a pretty good job. I, I, Ted Bundy is one of the most notorious serial killers ever, and it was really interesting that they casted Zach. But from what we know about Ted Bundy, he was a very charming and likable guy to the mm. women that he attacked, which is why he was so, uh, uh, I hate to say good at it, but that's yeah. why he, he had so many victims, is because yeah. he was the guy that you wouldn't expect. Like, he did so much of like, oh, my, my legs hurt. Can you just help me bring my groceries to my car? Oh if my the gosh. guy looks like Zach Efron, you wouldn't think anything different. But, oh, okay, yeah, of course, dude. And then he ends up doing something terrible. So the movie did a really good job of like showing Zach in a different light and showing that he did have some some more acting prowess other than, you know, attractive, funny guy. Mm. Um, but this movie, I think, sets him over the top to where... I know he's done some dramatic roles. The, the Charlie St. Cloud, I think, was one of them where he, he tried really? to show some emotional depth. But this is the one where I, I don't even, like, I'll, I'll say it like this, Dylan. This is what I believe is what uh, Matthew McConaughey had for, uh, what's it called, Interstellar. Shit. You know when you the, saw Interstellar? The and, and the turnaround was massive yep. at that point. It was like, okay, well, this guy... He's he's the he's a big dramatic actor now. He's gonna be that guy. I think this is the role where scripts, people who write scripts, studios start looking at Zach in more mm-hmm. of a he's an actor now. He's not just a pretty guy we can tell to go on a diet and 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 cut for a little bit and bulk up and just go you know look sexy for the camera. He can he can act. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because when you had like the. 30s and 40s when they had like a studio system they would just market you in a certain way and sometimes you got stuck like that like okay this guy is Humphrey Bogart he's only going to be playing like gangsters and crooked and you know little deadbeats whatever and then once in a while they'd be like well we're going to do this and we're going to take a swing and we're going to try it 
and we're going to give him this like this piece and this romantic thing see if he could do it and then they throw out casablanca and it becomes you know a masterpiece and then from then on out he's kind of looked at in a different way and i feel like now that you know the fucking studios don't own these actors it's up to them their agent their team to kind of like wiggle for them so him yeah. taking a turn and doing something super dramatic like this or a bundy sometimes backfires on people if it's something that doesn't fit them like <laughs> you remember m night Shyamalan's fucking uh plant killer movie the uh, happening the happening with the walking yeah. mark yeah yeah Zoe Deschanel talks about how she was like stupidly like in the wrong place at the wrong time in that film and that she was <laughs> not like a horror film drama, drama actress like that sure. and I was like I found that fascinating and I think that's what happens is sometimes you just you're going out you're doing a film and it, it don't fucking work for you you know yeah, what I mean just not but the right fit I think sometimes when you do you take that 180 sometimes it'll just immediately waterfall into success because you had mcconaughey i'm falling asleep watching him and how to lose a guy in 10 days or, or something and then all of a sudden it's fucking mud interstellar and fucking true detective and you're just like you feel like you just discovered this guy overnight and then you forget that this is fucking matthew mcconaughey you right. know yeah i've been and watching he... this goofball for like 10 years you know right just play and it's laughably insane. funny roles yeah then he hits yeah. Interstellar. then he hits D dallas buyers club Mm -hmm. like these movies oh, yeah, where it's too. like it was all around that exact yeah. same time it was dallas mud true detective and interstellar yeah and yeah i it's just excellence and I, I hope the same thing for zach i did like his yeah his couple previous ones and i i hope from then on out it's just let it roll you know what i mean yeah absolutely um but yeah seeing the the movie through kevin's eyes um the movie kind of takes a it's hard, right? Because as you watch the movie, and for those that don't know, and spoiler alert, um, when we say Zach or, or Zach, who's playing Kevin Von Erich, is the last re re living member, it's because a lot of his family members committed suicide. Mm -hmm. I would say about out of all of his brothers, one of them possibly didn't, and that's David Von Erich, who's played by a. Uh, I just said his name. Oh, Harris Dickinson. Yeah. Um, David Von Erich was the wrestler when um, they all fought for when Fritz created uh, after he left that wrestling, left the Nazi image behind. He created the uh, what am I trying to say? The world class championship wrestling WCCW. That's where the Von Erichsons kind of became huge. Um, Kevin was who Fritz wanted to be the dude, uh, but David, the taller, younger brother of Kevin, ended up being kind of the star. Everyone, to, even if you watch interviews with uh, Ric Flair, they all said that David was the dude. He was the best wrestler. Um, he was the best talker. He probably didn't look as good as Carrie, but they all felt that he could have been a uh, world heavyweight champion at some point. And there's a point when in the movie, he leaves um, to go to Japan to fight Ric Flair for the world uh, heavyweight title. And they do a scene, which it didn't happen in real life, where Kevin, uh, Zach's character, is getting married and David is throwing up in the toilet. And, you know, he walks over to him. He's like, hey, like, I don't think you should go to Japan. And they laugh about it because they're having a brotherly moment where obviously uh, David knows that Kevin's like, Kevin should have went, but David's going instead. 
and they're having a brotherly moment where it's like it's okay like i you know you're the guy i want you to go and he ends up dying in japan in real life that did happen but there's conflicting stories there's a story that he had uh like an intestine issue that ruptured which is why he died which is why they threw that scene in there where he's throwing up in the toilet but rick flair tells a different story that he overdosed he was juicing wasn't he i'm pretty sure they all were to be yeah. completely honest I was saying, you, you physically see one of them do it in the film in the locker room but I, yeah i figured i, I think it was carrie in the movie uh, yeah i'm gonna be honest with you i'm gonna be to get as big as some of these dudes are it's like impossible unless you are juicing hmm. um but yes uh yeah I, I i hear it was i think the coroner report was that it was an intestine i forget what the real thing is but like that it wasn't an overdose even though rick flair and them say that when they found rick flair didn't find him another wrestler found him in his hotel room that they found a bunch of drugs or like pills next to him now it could have been that he was just using pills and then that rupture mm. happened so but they said that they hid the drugs because in japan they didn't know how it would look if he was found with drugs and like they in japan culture it is at the time it wasn't like we were they were like oh we're all openly doing crack out here you know what i mean yeah um and uh that's what i wanted to get into um favorite scenes because there's so many scenes in here uh that made a brother tear up man that made me feel like i was gonna cry and i wanted to know what some of your favorite scenes were dylan if you have any uh in this film some of my favorite spots were actually with the mom whoa really yeah because i thought that it's so gosh it's so deflating to watch that when the fan it's funny because you know family dynamics are different between everyone and they all handle their issues differently like sure. you either talk about it or you ignore it or you let it blow up and it was like it seemed that in this family if they had any sort of like personal issues they were like no that's between you and like your bros yep like if you got a problem like that's for you to maybe talk to him about you're not talking to me about it and i was just like that's so crazy because there's a scene where Kevin tries to go up to his mom to discuss something, and she's just like, nah, nah, that's between him It's and to talk him. about how uh, yeah. Fritz is treating Mike. Yeah, that he, sh- yeah, because yeah. Mike is like the runt of the litter, and they should, and he wants him to bulk up and get wrestling and do this and not have a choice. Yep. And she's and just he like, wants no, to do music. Yeah. I'm not talking about it. And you could just see, like, as tragedy after tragedy happens, she is able to put on a face less and hide it less and she just keeps emotionally breaking down and it's yeah. like without words it's you just watch her face just like shake and her tears like try to hold in and i just thought like every time they came back to like her in a scene to figure out what was going on with her i was just like damn i can't even watch this this shit's getting me you know 100%. what i mean yeah that's a really damn bro and i was like yeah because then by the end of it she like uh, there was a scene where she kind of refused to put on her her funeral, funeral dress again outfit, because yeah. she was just like, "How how can I wear this fucking thing again?" You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. she's just like, "Ah." And Lily James's oh. character, who is gosh, I love Kevin, Lily. yeah, oh my gosh, she's great. Who is uh, Kevin's wife? Who they're still married to this day, which is amazing. Um, I didn't know Lily was going to be in it. That was a huge bonus. Muted, I did. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, uh, yeah, but like, yeah, there's that scene with her like telling her it's gonna be okay. But yeah, like Dylan said, you can see the turmoil, and in real life, um, she she does end up divorcing Fritz, mm. um, pretty early on, like in the 
maybe in the 90s or something like because yeah, he doesn't really share that emotion wonderful actor yeah. usually people probably know him recently from the mindhunter tv show on uh, netflix yeah i i didn't know he was in fight club oh really yeah i, I didn't think i knew that either yeah yeah he's uh, he doesn't have any emotion throughout the scene so anytime there's like a tragedy with it it's actually kind of disgusting because everyone will be sitting around and he'll just be like all right uh, back to Suck back to work. Uh, yeah. we're gonna talk about the belt now that your brother's dead. You're gonna be the one to get the belt, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, dude! Like, you give it, it a dude, day. Yeah. Give it a day. Yeah, dude. I don't know it. if he was necessarily that fucking battle. He might have been, but I was just sitting there like, bro, this is the villain right here. Well, this yeah, I will. Know it. I will give you because again, I've done a lot of research. I knew about the family a, a lot, and then after the movie, I just had to do a deep dive because I was like. It's crazy that I knew so much, but I knew so little at the same time about what tragically happened to them. So with Fritz, um, it is accurate that he was very, he did have a ranking of his sons. There's a scene in the film where he talks about, yeah, a huge laugh where he talks about his ranking, but things can change, you know, and that, and that was, uh, Kevin did uh, admit that 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 was a thing. Um, I will talk about my favorite scene and then I'll get into more into why your assumption of like i wonder if he was really like that is actually how it seems that he was Hmm. my favorite scene in the film um is the suicide of carrie von eric um it happens i I would say the third act of the film the end like nearing the end um it doesn't happen exactly how it happened in real life Hmm. um but it does have elements of truth carrie Earlier in the film, he ends up going to the WWF at the time, um, signs with Vince McMahon. This is after Fritz has sold the WCCW, uh, Kevin's in charge of it now, and Carrie's moved on. Carrie wins a belt over there. He comes to the house and he gives Fritz a gun, like as a gift. Hmm. Um, And in real life, uh, Fritz ends up going back to the farm. Um, Carrie, or... Kevin does call Fritz to tell him like, Hey, I just had a conversation with Carrie. He seems a little off. Um, he's on his way to you. Um, you know, whatever. And in real life, Carrie does come home. He hugs Fritz, tells him he loves him. He goes to a tree and he shoots himself. Kevin was never there Hmm. in the film. Kevin, the phone call happens. Um, Carrie, uh, I don't know if in the, film i don't remember if he, if they show him hug fritz or not no um yeah i don't remember yeah but anyway he goes to the house he shoots himself and then kevin's the one that discovers him um and then there's to me like this the scene that like almost broke me close to the scene that almost like pretty much there were tears in my eyes but this one almost broke me um is the scene where uh he he kevin discovers his brother um, he's there. Fritz comes back from doing some yard work and sees it. And at this point, Kevin's fed up because he's lost every other brother. Everyone's gone. And he runs up to Fritz pissed because for those that don't know, he's Fritz spent the whole film like like Dylan said, every death is like, all right, who's next up? Uh, yeah. It's almost like he doesn't even care that it happened. It's like, all right, well, you're next up. You're next up. Um, and he runs towards Fritz and he's like, I told you to look after him. I told you he was coming, like, blah, blah. And Fritz counters with, well, he's your brother. You need to be the one that's taking care of him. And Zach almost chokes him to death. 
And there was so much, because the whole film, they have so much respect for their father that you could tell they would never do anything like that. And it was the moment that Kevin broke and Zach did such a fantastic job portraying that emotion on his face. Bro, I, I oh my gosh. That scene, I was so like, man, man, dude, man. I thought he was just going to give him the beat down. When he choked him out, I was like, okay, that's a choice. And then when he yeah. just like, it didn't stop, I was just like, not knowing the whole story, I was like, is he, is he gonna kill this man? No, oh, like right here and now, like, yeah, the story does this become a court case? Yeah, stories <laughs> with Kevin going to jail. I was like, holy yeah. crap, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, that that scene, um, I'll, I'll give it a two for that scene, and then the scene at the end when Kevin is with his kids, um, his two boys who are now wrestlers, by the way. Oh, for real, yeah, um. Um, and they're playing and he's crying seeing them play and they come over to him and they're like dad why are you crying me crying and he's like well I used to be a brother Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. oh I'm about to cry right now man Zach brought like if whenever if he gets nominated that's the scene they play when they when they Zach Efron he I used to be there. a brother and then they goes to his face clapping <laughs> yeah that's that's what they're and he playing loses it to walk in phoenix a hundred percent on some really bullshit even. on some bullshit to napoleon like what on some bullshit dude. yeah um yeah. yeah it was definitely the scene before that that got me when like you see carrie basically just like kind of going through the afterlife yep. and like meeting up with all his brothers including like the smallest brother that was so technically like the oldest that shit was crazy because what what got me was the coin that's on the boat next to him that was mm. part of the coin flip from earlier in the film yeah yeah and they basically yeah when when uh when david yeah passes away the father is quickly trying to decide who's going to go after this heavyweight belt next and obviously it should have reverted back to kevin but he you know there's kind of a dispute and carrie's like i'll just do it and he's like all right we'll flip a coin for it and technically you never actually see the coin flip nope. and you just see that Carrie is the one who just takes up this mantle. And then when you look at the coin on the boat, the coin is actually technically in Kevin's favor that Kevin should have won the coin flip. And instead he just vetoed him out anyways. So Such a political, political detail. bullshit, dude. Yeah, dude. I, um, yeah, going back into uh, your point about uh, if, if Fritz was this bad. So, um, and the real story, um, as we know, David dies. Um, then uh, they need another world heavyweight champion. They have that fight where Carrie fights Ric Flair for the title, and then uh, Carrie wins. Now, there's a lot that happens in the movie that I understand why the director did it. He kind of like speed runs the Carrie getting to an accident, Carrie losing his foot, all of that happens way later carrie wins that title there's years after that carrie does get into a motorcycle accident he doesn't lose his leg right after he like uses his leg inappropriately too prematurely and that's what leads to them um cutting off his leg mm. or whatever and and the weird thing is vince when he goes into the wwe vince mcmahon knew about it and he wanted to portray that to be like look like there's anyone can do anything we have a paraplegic wrestler Look at this. But he, Carrie, wanted nothing to do with that whole situation. So there's that, right? Then we get 
uh, Mike Von Eric, who in the film is the musician. Hmm. Um, after uh, David's death, they still want some more action in the WCCW, which is a wrestling federation for its own. So they force Mike into the ring. Mike ends up having a, I think it's like a brain issue or something like, I forget what happens to him, um, but he ends up in a coma. He gets out of the coma. In the film, um, he pretty much commits suicide shortly after. In real life, Fritz tried to make him go back and wrestle. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. Holy crap, dude. Right. So that, he tried to make him go back and wrestle, which is what causes, what we think causes Mike to be like, I'm done. Hmm. And that's true. He takes his sleeping bag. He takes a bunch of pills. He goes out into the woods. No one knows where he is, and they find him later dead, uh, leaving a note saying, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. So there's that. Then we, so, and then this is where the biggest discrepancy of the film to what happened in real life happens. They have another brother named Chris Von Eric. Chris is the youngest, youngest brother. Um, he's he was very short. He had asthma, but he really wanted to wrestle. Um, and Chris, um, ends up. Oof, Chris ends up becoming a wrestler, um, but he just isn't good enough. And it's said that uh, Fritz was really hard on him because he was short. He didn't have the muscles like his brothers. He didn't have the stature like them. You know, he just wasn't as physically gifted. Um, so when he was 21, he was out like on the 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 yard or whatever in their farmland. At this point, again, David is passed away and so is Mike. Uh, Chris uh, is hanging out and David or uh, Kevin comes and is, sees uh, Chris and is like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, he looks sad at this moment. And at this point, Kevin's already kind of like hyper aware that people are committing suicide around him. So he's like, hey, like, you know, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, you look sad. Like, please don't tell me you're going to do anything right now. Like, whatever. And Chris tells him no. Kevin goes back inside. Chris then shoots himself. And Kevin walks and finds him dead. Oh, so they kind of combined both. So they combined yeah. the carry and the Chris one together yeah. so that they weren't throwing another dead body at us. You know what I mean? Crazy. Dude. Crazy, dude. Crazy. Um, yeah, so that happens, and then he loses Chris. And at that point, it's just uh Kevin and Carrie. And then obviously um Carrie ends up uh leaving two daughters behind when he commits suicide as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's oof. this this film. I don't know, man. It's though it did have a a, a a message at the end of you know his kids saying that we'll be your brothers. We know that Kevin Von Erich is doing really well now. He ended up getting land with um his wife in Hawaii. Uh, all of his family stays there. Um, they have a bunch of grandchildren and. He's living the life right now, and I'm really happy for him. But man, that the story of the Von Erics is one of the most tragic stories in all of sports history. It's, mm -hmm. whoo boy, 
I'm really glad that uh, Jeremy was in the film. I'm I'm glad to see him. Like, yeah. Sorry, we didn't even get to talk about someone. your favorite. Yeah, your favorite actor. Oh, you're good. Thing, you're man. good. Yeah, go, no, go for it. I, they used to always be my favorite character on Shameless. I did not finish that show because I just thought. Like, <laughs> yeah, I sure. Jumped a, I jumped a big ass shark in a way, but yeah, I still haven't caught a, the bear, and I hear he's fantastic no, in it. No, that's it right there. Bro. Yeah, he was always my favorite. So yeah, when I found that random show on Hulu when it when it was unknown for two seconds Ooh, okay like, oh, dylan first shit. one to it all uh, right i'm telling you it was like the because it had like the weirdest fucking ad you would never know that it was a show about like uh about cooking or being you know a little restaurant in chicago sure, sure. and then i was like man this show is kind of fucking nuts and then i started seeing things about people saying that and saying that and then season two just popped it you know what i mean sure so For... I, was like, yeah, I was hyped to see him first newbies um and not trying to uh make you um spoil anything but what what is the bear about like what is the uh the bear is about um it's about like a, a family restaurant basically mm. they they had owned this um little like sandwich place basically in like chicago mm-hmm. and a lot of dramatic stuff very anxiety inducing show but basically one of the brothers um committed suicide and he actually like left the the place to like the younger brother or whatever yeah and he the younger brother has kind of been off on in like culinary school and fucking trying to do you know missile and missile and star rated establishments and shit like that like he's really been under fucking pressure and they decide to you know try to run this fucking piece of shit shop basically <laughs> sure, and yeah. go through like a whole bunch of fucking like stress but now that he has all this skill set he wants to try and like upgrade the place to be kind of what he knows and understands you know mm-hmm. a little more class a little more you know order okay okay and they basically get the opportunity to then actually open a restaurant and remodel, remodel like the entire thing and like real take it serious but a lot of like family drama a lot of a lot of sad shit a lot of crazy stuff and i think jeremy's i don't know he's the perfect actor for that kind of shit he he's very fucking expressive with you know his emotions and trying to like bottle it at the same time it's very good looking very good looking nice, dude. dude nice <laughs> yeah well I, this is I, yeah like i've i've seen shameless i can't see her i definitely haven't finished the show i've maybe seen the first or two seasons maybe but I was really impressed by him, and um, this performance alone was enough for me to think like I gotta watch this bear show because if he's this good in this, I can't imagine the show that put him on the map. It seems not that Shameless didn't, but it seems like the bear is where he kind of grew yeah. into his own. Maybe, um, yeah, I need to catch that one because uh, you know, I, it's very seldom we do these podcasts, and I'm so uh, studied up when it comes to like the. Uh, the real life story, but very seldom are we doing films that are based on true life. Yeah. Events. Yeah. Um, Planet of the Apes, you know, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that shit is uh, real. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, Hey man, Planet of the Apes could be real. You just don't know yet. It, or just, it, it hasn't happened, happened yet. yet. There you know it is, mean? bro. Jinx. It ain't even happened yet. Hasn't happened you owe yet. me a day, Franco. Okay. <laughs> you owe me a day, Franco. A day, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me two Francos and a, a fucking uh, Seth, man. Francos. And a... That shit is so funny. Yeah, it just Don ain't happening yet. 
Yeah, yeah but there's a lot. There's a lot cooking with A24. Now that they've, you 100%. know, they've really perfected their shtick of these beautifully done, kind of lower budgeted um, pieces. Now money's tight. Things are crazy. So they are looking at doing bigger IPs, maybe some action franchises. But I still think it'll carry their touch with it. So yeah, I still suspect nothing but, you know, nothing but uh, masterful things coming from their studio, you know? 100%. Yeah, I think if there's one studio to trust right now in terms of they're still funding unique and, and I don't know, innovative filmmakers and it's a24 is where it's at i i have i have if if it if you hit you with the a24 logo you're in for something <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying like you're in for something fun I, I i it's very seldom i don't think i've ever been disappointed with an a24 film to be honest i have heard i i did see that once i don't remember what film it was but yeah some producer thing came up and i thought it was a24 and the dude next to me yeah it was for like a trailer it was like mm. and i was like hey take it easy <laughs> take it easy bro Chill out. I was like, we all know what it's about to be. Take it easy now, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, final thoughts. Final thoughts on uh, anything the Iron Claw related, whether it's, you know. Um, final thoughts. As much as um, we do like to push and pressure you guys to watch these older films, don't uh, don't miss these smaller ones that come through because mm. in this age, they go through the theater very quickly because the new Marvel and the new Disney come out not shitting on them but they come out and they take up every room in the theater and they stay for six weeks and then these get pushed somewhere you never know or they're streamers but you know get that pickaxe out and dig a little bit and try to catch these before they leave call out of work i don't give a shit i'll do it <laughs> um, i've done it before right or you know search the streamers like i've been dig a little deeper and find some uh find some gems okay do a little minecrafting Find a little thumb. Find a little diamonds. Cook it on yeah. your crafting table. See what's up. <laughs> right. I what think, you think? What you think? Uh, for me, this is one of those movies where, um, yeah, if you're, if you're looking for something that's, I think, will force you to put down your phone and watch what's going on, mm. you know, I think this is one of those films. I think it's have your tissues ready if you're an easy crier. If you a thug. Still have you your tissues thug. ready. Still have them tissues ready, brother. If you're Hold a them brother, socks up. if you're a brother, just be prepared to just lose it. Um, I am not a brother, and I wish I had brothers. This is one of those movies, you know. Um, yeah, uh, this is. I think we just watched uh, Zac Efron. Um, we watch, I think we watched a few people win an Oscar nomination. With a song, with a song, bro. I need yeah, a song. I think so. Um, yeah, don't let him leave you know. like Denzel, bro. Don't let him leave with Be the coast. With let sunk. him get, let him get sunk, bro. Exactly. This 2024, all right. Zach Efron, he, he, he Anita Max win. Anita Max win. Anita Max win. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, dude, happy new year. We're going. Are we getting? We're getting close to the. I, I mean, we we want. Well, I say season finale, but we'll be back probably a week or two after that. Don't you worry um, about it. But don't you worry about it. But we have uh, some special guests coming on at the end, um, and we'll be back. But and you know, for the immediate now, um, we're still rocking. We're still rocking with this season for a couple more episodes. So yeah, stay look, tuned. Please, we got some uh, fun stuff coming. Please look forward to this anime manga podcast because yes, please. Uh, me and Steven have been cooking a lot, been collecting a lot. 
been finding some smaller animes to talk about, not just mainstream things, although I will harp on about One Piece. <laughs> um, but we really want to try to have it be as colorful, explosive, and fun as it can be because it's taking over the country right now. So get your ramen ready, all right? 100%, 100%. But until then, it's been Cam. It's been Dylan. This has been Extra Butter. Have a good day, guys. Goodbye, guys.